Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to this channel, I'm an energy healer and teacher, and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. So thank you to everyone who listens in and for all your lovely messages of support and also for your donations, as I tend to babble on about in every podcast. Um, I'm not affiliated to any organization and I'm not taking money from anyone so I can sell you a concept or an idea or manipulate you in any way. And I think in in line with the theme of today's podcast, there's a lot of that going on right now. So all of your messages of support and all of your donations are really gratefully received because it means I can still keep creating free content to reach as many people as possible at this time. Why do the donations help? Because it takes up a lot of my time to record a podcast. It costs money to host a channel and to promote it in some way, even if that's just putting a link out on social media. So these things aren't for free, and I think people often have, some people often have this idea that because it looks effortless or it's very easy to access that it probably took two minutes to put together, but actually these things take a lot of time and energy, and it's right that they do. So donations just mean that um, I get to keep doing the work that I want to do uh, without having to lessen the output in any way, and of course never taking monetary compensation from big organizations who often want you to sell their courses or their products or you know there's a lot of that and if I wanted to do that tomorrow I could I could start getting sponsored to do these podcasts and I could make quite a bit of money and then at the end of every podcast I could say by the way if you're interested have you tried this product and um, I'm steadfastly resolutely refusing to do that I think small business and entrepreneurs are so important right now um, I mean, even more so than when I was babbling on about it six months ago. You know, if the, you look at the landscape of cities, I mean, I look at it where I am. I don't know where you are in the world as you listen to this, but small businesses are closing down. That, that little coffee shop that was run by that small family, that little deli, that little boutique, they're closing down because of what's happening in the world. And what we will be left with if we're not careful are these big chain stores across our high streets or online shopping from big chains and that will also include healers and um, you know energy workers who have the money to spend on huge campaigns on marketing on social media on advertising and so forth and just because people have a big presence on social media or their website has bells and whistles on it doesn't mean they are the best person for you. Um, and that's in line with the theme of today's podcast, which is who can I trust at this time? So I think this is a deeply, deeply, incredibly, spectacularly challenging time to be living in, especially if you're sensitive and especially if, if you feel that you're in need of healing at this time in some way. Um, I went quiet on the podcast channel for a while for a number of reasons, which I... I'm sure at various points I will share in podcasts, but it's given me a real period of time to really witness what's happening in the world and how people are behaving, um, which has been a huge gift and a bonus because now I can share this with you and I can assist those that come and see me as well. So 
who can you trust at this time? I think the bottom line to that is the only person that you can trust at this time is yourself, is your gut, is your intuition, is your inner knowing. And if you haven't spent the time in the last few years, the last few months, the last few weeks, building that muscle, this is going to be a very challenging time. Everyone at the moment, the vast majority of people, unless they have money in the bank, they have people who can support them, hold them, unless they're part of the 1%, the majority of people right now are panicking financially. They're worrying about their businesses. What's going to happen? Am I going to get money? Is my business going to survive? And this really, I honestly believe that times like this show us the truth of who people are. You know, in our times of adversity, we discover who we are and we discover who others are. And um, I don't kind of, I don't, uh, I don't lie, I don't um, pretend that my life hasn't been very challenging. And I do remember going through a very challenging time, one of many um, in my early 20s. And a friend saying to me, the way you have handled yourself during this whole process has shown us the truth of who you are, has shown us your mettle and your integrity. And that people were quite amazed at how I'd handled myself during a very this very challenging period in my life and how I'd actually shown myself to be a good person. And because they weren't expecting that, you know, because when I was in my 20s, I had, as I probably still do now, as we all do, lots of masks and veneers and everyone thought I was a bit of a bitch. And um, they suddenly saw a whole other side to me. And it was a very revelatory time for me, even though it was one of the hardest times in my life at that point. So I do think that in moments of great adversity, we discover who we are, we discover who others are. It's like we see the truth. Um, because the truth can't be veiled or masked anymore. So what we're seeing at the moment, what I am witnessing, is some individuals who are coming from this incredible place of love and compassion. They're not money-grabbing. They're not looking at the person in front of them as a pound sign or a dollar sign. They're thinking, how can I be of service in the world right now? What can I do to help? They're understanding that everyone is under a lot of pressure to pay their bills, to keep their businesses afloat, to keep their sanity afloat, to keep their well-being afloat, right? So they're not looking to uh, manipulate that situation. And then you've got others that are in panic mode. They don't give a fuck what you're going through. They don't care if the person opposite them is in pain or is in need in some way. They're just thinking about their own needs. They're so caught up in their own kind of frenzied uh, fear that their needs won't be met, that they won't be able to pay their bills on time, that their business is going to go under, that their health won't survive, right? So we're seeing it in lots of different ways. We're seeing it in, it's been really interesting to note healers within the spiritual community, how many of them have fallen into fear over the virus, over masks, over social distancing, over vaccines, you know, real fear, like they've really fallen into that rabbit hole. And it's been amazing to watch them. Do you think as an energy healer, how can you possibly buy into a lot of these concepts how can you allow yourself to fall into fear and to behave in such a panicked way but that's a lot of what's happened so a lot of healers have gone underground um 
a lot of really good healers have gone underground simply because the energies are so intense and horrific right now and if you're sensitive you're really going to feel it so again it's one of the reasons why i have been offline for a while battling a lot of these energies um so a lot of really good healers have gone underground a lot of other healers people therapists you know have gone into fear they've gone into you have to I'm only going to see you if you've got a mask and a visor on and if you're covered in plastic and you've got to stand 6,000 miles away from me and that's how I will only do distance sessions, I will only do phone calls now. And they're not even thinking about the efficacy of their work. You know, They're not even thinking about whether they can do their particular work online and how that's actually going to work. I mean, I've seen reflexologists offer reflexology online and you just think, how is that going to work? Yes, you're going to teach the individual to do reflexology on themselves, but come on, what are you doing? Like There are some businesses that are going to find it really hard to survive this time that we're in because the nature of their work is about contact with the other, with the other human being, with the, with the patient, with the client. And so if they can't have that contact, their, their business is ruined and they're trying to find ways to adapt their business. And in the adaptation... You're seeing all kinds of, you know, um, permeations appear. Some interesting and some, frankly, ludicrous. So, in amongst all of that melee of white noise, just noise, trying to get your business, trying to get your money, trying to promise you something, who do you trust? The bottom line is you trust yourself. You trust your intuition. You trust your gut. You trust your inner knowing. You trust what feels right for you. You take your time to make a decision. You don't just hand your money over straight away. You think about this process that you're going to be engaging in, whether you're working with one type of therapist or another. You think about what's going to give you long-term results rather than quick, fire, immediate results, right? You don't want um, the carrot on the end of the stick. You want... You want your own carrot so you can plant your own field of carrots. You know, you don't want the um, the trickery. You want to learn how to activate your own healing. Interestingly, um, the top two podcasts that are downloaded on my podcast channel regularly are on manifestation. And there's something in that that's quite interesting. And there's something in that that's really sad, is that we are still so fixated on manifesting. You know, we are now in a world that is showing us um, the toxicity, the shadow aspect of our hunger for more that the more we are consumed with wanting, needing, having, the more we are destroying relationships, the fabric of our society, the planet, humanity. And that until we stop wanting more, this isn't going to change. Now, some of that is not our fault. Some of that is the fact that we've been fed these false narratives around what spirituality is, that spirituality is ask and ye shall receive, and there is truth in that, ask and ye shall receive, but we've been 
fed this narrative that spirituality is spirituality not for the sake of it, but for what we can get out of it. So we go on a spiritual journey because we want our twin flame. We go on a spiritual journey because we want to manifest money. We go on a spiritual journey because we want a better career. We don't go on a spiritual journey just for the sake of going on a spiritual journey to better understand ourselves. So these narratives that have been fed to us have been about consumption. Get rich quick schemes, get your love quick, do a magic spell, do a candle spell. You know, all of these things are spells and incantations. They're smoke and mirrors. They're not the truth. And because of that, we've become obsessed with consuming. How can I manifest this? How can I manifest that? If you imagine that every one of us is a magical manifester, we can manifest at the touch of a button, right? At the, at the blink, in the blink of an eye, we have a thought and it manifests. And that's pretty much true. We have manifested some beauty and a lot of shit in the world. We have manifested the toxicity that is in the world right now. Because we've not really thought about what manifestation really means and how we can do it mindfully and from a place of spiritual integrity. So the world that we see right now is a world that we have created because we have allowed ourselves to be manipulated, but also because we have allowed ourselves to get consumed with the very desire of consumption. Our desire to have more is killing small businesses. Our desire to have more is creating 5G masks that are, that are massacring people's health and the planet. Our desire to have more is creating imbalance in the world. It's creating pain in the world. It's creating conflict in the world. Whether that more is to say, you know, we want more equality, we want more uh, recognition, we want more uh, choice, we want more to consume, we want more cars, we want more fashion, we want more music, we want more drama. You know, all of this has pushed us to the very limit um, as human beings. We cannot sustain this way of living anymore. The only way will be for us to merge with machine because machine is the only thing that can kind of endlessly um, deliver these kind of results that we're asking for. And then once we do that, we've lost our souls, we've lost our humanity. Now, I'm of the generation where there, there were three TV channels when I was growing up. And that was more than enough. You know, every Sunday evening, the family gathered around the TV and watched their favorite programs. Um, sometimes sports at the weekend because dad really liked sports. There'd be a drama or a film that someone wanted to watch. There'd be cartoons for the kids. Um, you know, there would be music uh, on a, the, the top 20 would come up on the charts on a Sunday afternoon. And everyone would watch it. Everyone would gather around this little box and they would watch their favorite programs during the week. And there were three channels. And we never felt, I never felt as a child growing up that I didn't have enough in my life. Because when there wasn't stuff to watch on TV, I read a book. I did something, I went out and played, I did stuff with my time. We didn't feel, my family didn't feel, oh, I'm so frustrated, there isn't enough for me to watch. Oh, what am I going to do? What we had was enough. But there was a, a finite, at the time, number of shops and places that you could eat. I mean, the choice was very limited, but we never felt as if choice was limited. It was enough. And now we live in a world where choice is limitless where you have an endless array of things to watch and things to listen to and things to consume, and it's dizzying. And what a lot of people don't see 
is in order for that to be a creation, in order for that to have manifested, how much energy it takes up and how much people are pushed to the very limit in order to create that. So, you know, with content being created, for example, like we in the music industry, um, an artist would gather all their tracks and then an album would be released and you would have the release of that album and it was this massive deal, you know, people used to queue up outside, um, if you're old enough to remember, people used to queue up outside record shops to get that album when it was released. You don't have that anymore. These days you just click a button and you get the release of the latest um, single and, or latest track and what that's done is completely changed the face of the music industry and how artists create music and which has now become about churning out stuff rather than the artistry of putting together an album which would have a beginning, a middle and an end and have a story to it and take crafting. It's not about the craft anymore really. If you listen to tracks from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you listen to the, the melodies, if you listen to you know when the bass kicks in and you listen to what the acoustics are doing and then you listen to stuff now, there's no comparison. Similarly, you know, in terms of like output on our TVs, yeah, you might have had a couple of big dramas that would be that everyone would tune into on a Sunday night, right? I think when I was growing up, it was Pride and Prejudice that was our big one, and everyone tuned into it. And it ran like week after week. I think it ran for like twelve weeks or something, but no one missed an episode. Every everyone tuned in every Sunday evening to watch it, and so they could really take their time with creating that drama. They could really like infuse it and fill it with so much quality and there would be rehearsal time and they would they shot on film and there would be time to really perfect this beautiful piece of art which is why it was so popular which is why so many people watched it now because of the the, the choice that we have m most things are churned out in a in a number of weeks there's no rehearsal time there's no kind of um there's none of that care and attention that everyone would like to put into a project because ultimately you're dealing with artists, really. But they can't because of the constraints of time because it's got to be churned out. We see that with the manufacture of our clothes. We see that with what's happening with food, um, with uh, fresh produce. We see that across the board, that what we're being delivered, what is manifesting, is below par. It's quick, but it's below par. And there will always be a price to pay. There'll always be a cost. And we seem to be so blinkered as, as humans is that we're not, we're not realizing that the cost is us, that the cost is our well-being, our health, our mental well-being, and that we have allowed ourselves to sleepwalk into the state that we're in right now, where our whole lives have been turned upside down. And we have allowed ourselves to be manipulated and be controlled and cajoled and fed narratives that have later turned out to not be true. And we have allowed all of that to happen because we have been so obsessed with the act of consumption and manifestation. It's really rare when I meet people who want to do manifestation work that they actually want to manifest something that comes from a place of altruism. And it's really rare, I don't ever meet anyone who's looking to do the manifestation work, who says, oh, I want to manifest world peace, or um, I want to manifest my most perfect union, because then together we can be of service to the world. It's usually a goal. Oh, I want to manifest a new job, I want to manifest a new car, I want that relationship. 
um, it's, it's usually something that's very about the self rather than about the bigger picture. And I think that's why I find it so disappointing that out of all the hundreds of podcasts that I've created that could take us in so many different directions um, and open so much up to us that the most downloaded episodes are those on manifestation. Um, it's possibly part of our human nature that we want stuff, but it's our undoing. Is that um, therefore at this time, you know, who do you trust at this time? You have to trust yourself, but if yourself is geared just towards what you can get for yourself, then that may well be your undoing. So when choosing healers, practitioners, people to work with, people to align with right now, if you are motivated by self-interest, it might well take you down many rabbit holes. Whereas if you're thinking about the bigger picture, the world that we live in, the collective, it will align you more with people, with individuals, with groups, with organizations that possibly have more integrity. So the only advice that I can give right now in terms of who to listen to is to say yourself. But if the work on self hasn't been done, then that, well, could be a stumbling block. And so if you feel that the work on self hasn't been done, then now is the time to start to do that work. Now is the time to start to really look at those shadow aspects in yourself and see where they might be taking you off course. True healing is not easy. True healing is about facing those aspects of ourselves, the world, and others that are painful. But that's the only kind of healing that will ever really set us free. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time.